Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Bibles to the books of the book of Ephesians, sixth chapter of that book. Sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians. And in case you haven't remembered, this is our second lesson on the subject. We started it quite some time ago. We had a seminar in between. And so we're just going to pick up where we left off. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Let's begin reading at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always, praying always, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, dear Father God, that... We can trust our lives to its provision. We thank you, dear Father, for the Spirit of God to unveil to our hearts, to open our minds, to grant us receptive ears, that this Word may be implanted within, that we might walk in the light of it and be doers of the Word and not hearers only. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Now, in verse 10, the word finally. The word finally. You see, when you start teaching uh, from the different books of the Bible... And sometimes we take passages of Scripture and we isolate them. And when we isolate those passages of Scripture, we kind of think that it's it's separate from the book. Well, this is not separate from the book. This is included in the book. If you're going to study Paul's letter to the Ephesians, I suggest study it all. If you stop and think about this for a moment, when he was writing this letter, that's really all the instruction they had. You know, they're Christians that had only the instruction that Paul either spoke to them or gave to them by this letter. They didn't have a Bible like, you know, we have it today. So this one letter contained all that was needful for these people to live a good, solid Christian life in the power of God to stand against the wiles of the devil. But the word finally there, and I think you should take note of this, it means what's left, brethren. In other words, what's left to do. So really, I don't want to go on and really, you know isolate this passage of Scripture, but, you know, just to save time, I, I can't give up the whole five, five chapters of it, but I'd like to just real quick go over some of the things he said in the past and previously. See, the book of Ephesians, and I think this is the best way that you can uh, discover what it's talking about, tells you where you sit, walk, how you walk, and how you stand. Sit, walk, and stand. And this latter part of the book, he's talking about how you stand and who you stand against. But don't leave out the first two parts of the book. He talks about where you sit or where you are seated, how you are to walk, and then how you stand. The first psalm says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Walk, sit, and stand. But this fellow's delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Okay, this book tells you exactly where to sit. Psalm 1 told you where not to sit, where not to stand, and where not to walk. This book tells you where to sit, where to stand, and where to walk. Okay, we are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2, 6, right? Okay, the Bible says over there in Ephesians 2, that we he hath quickened together who were dead in trespasses and sins, and times past we walked according to the course of this world, 
according to the spirit of, that works now in the children of disobedience, according to the prince of the power of the air. But he went on to say that God, who was rich in mercy, for his great love of which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, that he quickened us together with Christ, and raised us up and made us to sit together with him. To sit together. We are seated in heavenly places. If you are going to uh, have a powerful prayer life, you have got to know from where you are operating. You are not operating your prayer life by sitting in your home, sitting in church, sitting in the world, sitting around, you know, all the forces of the world, but you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and we operate our prayer life from where we are seated, not from where we're at physically. We are seated with Him in heavenly places. And now, he went on to say, just to reiterate, in, in the fourth and fifth chapter, really the fourth and fifth chapter of the same book tells you how to walk, where to walk in love. Ephesians 5.1 says, Be therefore followers or imitators of God as dear children and walk in what? Okay, we are to walk in love. Now, we are to understand we are, where we are seated. We are to understand that we are to walk in love. And he went on to explain all about walking in love in, in chapter 4 or chapter 5. And he, he, you find out that he's talking about relationships between, you know, one another. And I think if we could just give you a quick summary. Number one, we are to love God. Number two, you're to love yourself. Number three, you're to love people. And number four, you're to love your enemy. And if you want uh, God's plan of success, you follow that. The Bible says love never fails, Right? Okay, you walk in love with God. You set your love upon Him, the psalm said. Okay? You walk in love towards yourself. Don't see yourself as who you are in the flesh. That's the ugliest thing you'd ever want to see. Right? I'm not talking about personal appearance. I'm talking about in the flesh. See, in the flesh, we don't please God. But I see myself, when I see myself in love, I see myself as who I am in Christ. Okay, so I walk in love towards God. I walk in love towards myself. And I walk in love towards people. That starts with, number one, my wife. Number two, my children. Number three, the body of Christ. And then the fourth step is that we walk in love towards our enemies. And if you want to have success, just hear this. I may teach on this someday. Jesus said, love your enemies. How do I love my enemies? There's three ways to love your enemy. Number one is bless those that curse you. The word bless means to speak well of. Speak well of those that speak evil of you. Someone speaks evil of you. Do you go around and speak evil of them? You're not loving your enemy. If someone is speaking evil of you, speak well of them. Okay, that's bless those that curse you. Number two, Jesus said, was to do good to those that hate you. Somebody hates you? Take them up an offering. Somebody hates you? Send them a gift. See, do good to them. Do something good to that person that hates you. That's loving your enemy. Do good. Okay? And then, finally, he said, pray for those that despitefully use you. Anybody here got somebody that despitefully uses them? Somebody always using you? Is somebody always, you know, wanting something from you and, and, and never uh, doing anything for you, but always constantly using you and using you and using you and using you and using you? Pray for them. And if you pray for them, Jesus said, that's the act of loving your, your enemy. Bless, do good, and pray is called loving your enemy. Okay? Now, it also talks about loving, you know, your employer, walking in love towards him. So really, in this entire book, he's talking about relationships, starting with your seating with God, talking about expressing yourself in, in the earth and relationships with people. And after he gets through all of that, he comes to this sixth chapter, verse 10, where he says, finally, and now what is left to do, brethren, aren't you glad that he left the devil for last? Because him, he's nothing. See, he's nothing. If he was something, he'd put him first, wouldn't he? You check this out in your own life. Why do Christians put the devil first? Why do Christians put the devil first in their life? Always talking about what he's doing. Paul wasn't talking about what the devil was doing. He's talking about where you're seated. How God raised you up to sit together with him. He talked about walking in love with your family and, and, and people and friends and those that are all around you. You just being, you know, as the scripture says, he's made my life to be a continual pageant of triumph, diffusing the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere by me. So that everywhere I go, even to those that are saved, 
To them, they love it. But to those that are perishing, to them, it's the odor of death. See, that's coming off of you. And so he's talking about these relationships. Then finally he says, well, I've got to give you a little bit of time for the devil. He only gives him a few verses. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. And if you're going to be strong in the Lord, you're going to have to be strong in prayer life. If you're not strong in your prayer life, you're not going to be strong in the Lord. And that's why he went on here to tell you about some of these things. Let's look at uh, verse 12. Verse 12. He said here, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So your warfare is not against anybody that's in a body. But it's against, and here are the four different divisions, divisions of Satan's kingdom. Powers, principalities and powers. He went on to say, rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. There's where your battle's at. Ephesians 6.12. Against these four different uh, divisions of Satan's kingdom. They are really governed more or less like, just like heaven is governed. Satan is the ruler over all these things. There are some that are just, you know, complete idiots. They can't even think for themselves. They can't even do for themselves. So they have to be ruled by a higher uh, authority. And that's why you have these rulers of the darkness of this world that are ruling these lower demons, you see, and telling them what to do and who to get and, you know, who to attack. Don't you recall that Paul said there was given unto me a messenger of Satan to buffet me? The devil probably says, you, 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 and you go over there and get that fellow Paul and make some of these things happen to him. Okay, every one of us, as long as you're walking in this earth, you're going to have uh, satanic forces and influences that are going to try to destroy your Christian walk. But here's what you're supposed to do when they try to destroy your Christian walk. And Paul's writing here to tell us exactly what to do. He goes on in verse 13 to say, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done, the word done. I like this. My, my Bible says in my margin, says, And having overcome all to stand. Not done all. It, the word done there actually in the Greek means to work fully or to accomplish. Having accomplished all to stand, stand. In other words, I know that I'm seated with Christ. I know that I'm walking in love towards my wife, towards my children, towards my family, towards the body of Christ. I know I'm walking in love towards my employer. I know I'm, I'm fulfilling, I'm accomplishing all in my life that he said that I am to do up to this point. And because of it, bless God, I have done all to stand. And now prayer is going to come in right here. But when I know that I've done all that I'm uh, required to do by God, and when the wicked one comes and tries to destroy my life, I have accomplished all. I am ready to stand my ground against him. See? Now, don't you love this? And when I was meditating this, the Spirit of God revealed it just like in my spirit, just lit up inside me. And I said, uh, I love that. You're such a wonderful Heavenly Father. He said, notice that you are seated with me. You know, Satan is no big shot. He's not somebody special that people try to make him out to be always talking about him. The less you talk about him, the better it is. Now listen to me. When you sit together with somebody, that's fellowship. That's like palling around with. Isn't it nice to sit around a table and, and fellowship and share with one another? And enjoy each other's company. Amen? You are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have a place in the throne. And at the Father's table, you are welcome. That's where I'm seated. See, I operate from the standpoint of being seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, the walk, my walk, is I have the privilege of walking with you. My beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. I express that which I have in the throne with my Father with you. It's called walking in love. Okay? But now, your stand. You take your stand. Because of your relationship with the Father and fellowship with the Father, and because of your expression one towards another, you are now ready to stand against all the wiles of the devil and every fiery dart the Bible says you through the shield of faith can quench when you stand there glowing in his love. See, this is what he's talking about. Now, if you're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, you've got to understand prayer. Verse 18 says, with all prayer. The Amplified Version of the Bible says, all manner of prayer or all different kinds of prayer. If we're going to stand against the devil, we have got to understand and know exactly what type of prayer we're going to need at any given time. We need to know 
the laws that govern, the spiritual law that governs prayer. We're going to have to know what prayer applies to my certain situation. Some people are praying for somebody to be saved, but they're praying the wrong type of prayer. Someone's praying to be healed, but they're praying the wrong type of prayer. I, last time I said it's like sports. You're trying to play baseball, but you're using football rules. It's not going to work. You're trying to play basketball, but you're using hockey rules. It's not going to work. You're going to have chaos. Well, you're trying to pray the prayer of faith, but you're really using uh, the laws of intercession. You're trying to pray, you know, the prayer of binding and loosing, but you're not using the right spiritual law that governs that prayer. And so we have to understand and know what prayer is needed in my situation so that I can stand against all the wiles of the devil and be effective in my stand and be an overcomer in my stand because if I do it right, the Bible says I'll quench every fiery dart, not just one, every fiery dart. Prayer is joining forces with God, and hear me, God is greater than the devil. I am not joining forces with the devil, but it's a shame to say that some Christians are so baffled by prayer life that they actually join forces with the devil without knowing it. Now, I don't want to be, uh, well, let's say it like this, I don't want to insult my father by joining teams with the devil when I'm his child. Do you? The Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? You want to be in agreement with the devil, you want to be in agreement with your father. I want to be in agreement with my Father, which is why we get to understand prayer. Okay, there are different divisions of prayer. And uh, you could write these down real quick before we go on. We're going to start with division one today. There are prayer, prayer that changes. Number one, division one, prayer that changes things. Prayer that changes things. Things. And there's the prayer, number two, division two, of worship, praise, and thanksgiving. The prayer of worship, praise, and thanksgiving. Prayer that changes things, number one, uh, worship, praise, and thanksgiving, number two. And number three is the prayer of consecration and dedication. So you can't use the prayer of consecration and dedication when you're wanting to get something from the Lord that falls under the category of prayer that changes things. See, if I want to have things change in my life, I've got to understand the prayers that are involved in changing things. Okay, so division one is prayer that changes things. Let's break that down into four different subdivisions. Four different subdivisions. Number one, you have the prayer of petition and supplication. The prayer of petition and supplication. Number two, you have the prayer of binding and loosing. The prayer of supplication, petition supplication, and the prayer of binding and loosing. Now, the prayer of petition and supplication, you're going to find all these are based on faith, which I'll explain in a little bit. You have the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement, that if any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done. That's a prayer that's going to change things. Okay? The prayer of agreement. And then the prayer of intercession. The prayer of intercession changes things. Because, you know, some people are trying to use the prayer of petition and supplication where they should be using the prayer of intercession to get something changed in somebody's life. Okay, so those are the four different subdivisions. We're going to start with the first one, the prayer of petition and, and uh, supplication. In order to do this, we've got to turn to Philippians 4, 6. <clears throat> now, I want you to realize something before we go on. The, the prayer of supplication and petition basically and mainly is for you to receive something from God for you. Now, hear me. Don't get these confused and get them mixed up. Basically, the prayer of petition, supplication, I am asking the Father for something for me. Not for me, for somebody else. That is me filling the gap for somebody else. That is the prayer of intercession. It could be an agreement. It could be in binding and loosing. But the prayer petition is the prayer whereby I am coming to the Father and making a formal request from a superior authority or a higher authority, who in this case happens to be the Father God. I am going to Him and asking of Him a request, whatever that request might be, for me, my personal need, myself. This is where people have gotten off in the area of faith. 
They went and prayed the prayer of faith for Brother Joe or Brother John or somebody else, and it didn't happen. And they said, I don't understand. His faith doesn't work. Yes, it does. For you. If you want to pray for Brother John or for somebody else, you've got to fall in line with the word that says you now become an intercessor. You are interceding and filling the gap for that person over there. It may be more than the prayer of faith that's involved. Okay? Now, these prayers, uh, we're, we're, we're defining them, we're breaking them down for teaching purposes, but you'll see that they're really, you know, all involved together. And when you do pray, you may be using two or three different prayers at the same time in these four different types of prayer. In other words, when you pray the prayer of faith for yourself, you might have to bind something. You might have to lose something. Okay? But still, it's involved in the prayer of faith that I'm praying to the Father for my own personal need to be met. And so, consequently, you might have some of these others involved, but we're going to break them apart and define them so that we can uh, see them more clearly. Now, here in Philippians 4, 6, I want you to note something. But be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Now, there's two prayers involved here. The prayer of supplication or petition and the prayer of thanksgiving. We're not going to look at the prayer of thanksgiving. We're going to look at the prayer of petition or supplication. Let your what? Your request. Not your problem, but let your request be made known unto God. Whenever you go into the throne room to ask the Father of something... He knows what the problem is already. We don't have to reiterate the problem over and over and over and over and magnify it over and over and over. I mean, He knows all things. Everything is naked before His eyes. He knows your problem. He don't want you to go into His throne room with the problem. He wants to go into the throne room with a request. What is your request? And we're going to put this on a legal basis and you'll be able to see it clearly. But with thanksgiving, let your request be made known. What, are you to be made, what is to be made known unto God? Your request. Your request is to be made known unto God. Now, let's define the word petition. Petition. You can see here it says request. Well, that's exactly what a petition is. A petition means to make a formal request, a formal request to a higher or a superior authority. To make a formal request, a formal request to a higher or to a superior authority. So prayer then is really going into the presence of the Father with a formal request. Not with a problem. With a formal request. A lot of people don't get their prayers answered because they never go in and have a request of the Father. They just go in with problems. And all they do is talk about problems and their problems and their problems. Now remember something. We do not deny the problem, but we take the authority of the Word of God, and we don't give our problem to God, but we give Him His Word. The Bible says, the Word shall not come back void. When I go to Him, I go to Him with a petition. That petition in it, I am requesting something from my Father that He's already said in His Word is mine. Okay, now I take it to Him, I give it to Him, and uh, He's going to deal with it. Now... Before I can really get into this, I think there's something that you need to know about prayer and about faith. Here's another thing that people have, another problem that people, I don't know why, but they get messed up in some of these problems when it's concerning prayer and praying to the Father. Two scriptures that you should clearly know by now, but if not, you can look them up. Mark 11.23 and Mark 11.24. Now, we said that Mark 11.23 is called... The law of faith. The law of faith. Mark 11.24 is called the prayer of faith. Let me quote it to you so you can understand it better. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things or words that he's saying will come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That's called the law of faith. The law of faith says that if I believe it in my heart and say it with my mouth, then what I believe and say, I will get, I will have. That's called the law of faith. Now, there are laws that apply to the use of electricity. When all the laws are in operation, 
You can go at any time and plug into that outlet and receive enough current to operate your radio or whatever you have, your tape recorder or whatever it is. As long as the laws that apply to electricity are in operation and there are no malfunctions, then all you need to do is plug into it, unless your cord's bad or unless you have a problem on the receiving end. God, the Father, is our powerhouse. He is our source. There's nothing wrong with Him at all. But there are certain laws that are operating in the spirit realm that we need to be in tune with if we're going to have our prayers answered. Number one is the law of faith. Now, the law of faith says what you believe in your heart and say with your mouth will come to pass. I must be familiar with that law. I must know what that law is saying to me. And if I am, I'm ready for the prayer of faith. That's why Jesus said in the next verse, therefore. Now, the word therefore in verse 24, Mark 11, 24, he's saying, therefore, because of the law of faith, because what you believe in your heart and say with your mouth will come to pass, because of that, because of the law of faith, because of it, you, when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. Now, he said, therefore, I say unto you, what things, remember, prayer changes things. What things, whoever you desire, when you pray. He's talking about prayer, not faith. He's not talking about prayer. He's talking about faith. What th- I'm, he's not talking about faith. He's talking about prayer. What things, whoever you desire, when you what? Pray. He's not talking about faith now. He's already talked about faith. He said, faith is this law, Mark eleven twenty three, And because of the law of faith, he said, what things soever you desire when you pray. Now, he's talking about prayer. When I pray, I am to believe, I receive, and it shall be granted unto me. Okay? Look, let's look at this in the Amplified Bible. He said, you find it in your Bible, I'll find it in the Amplified Bible. Maybe you have one out there. And I'll give you a statement that you need to write down unless you already know it. Mark 11, 24. For this reason, I am telling you whatsoever you ask for in prayer. See, we need to know what Jesus said about prayer if we're going to get our prayers answered. Whatsoever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted you. Okay? And you will get it. Believe, trust, and be confident that it's granted you, and you will get it. Okay? Now, here's what he's saying. He's saying that the law of faith makes prayer work. We'll get back to that in a minute, that verse. The law of faith makes prayer work. Here's the statement you need to know. Faith makes prayer work. Prayer does not make Faith work. Someone says, if we could just pray and 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 pray, we'll get it. No. Not the prayer of petition and supplication. When you have a formal request for yourself to the Father to meet your need, it's faith that makes prayer work. It's not prayer that makes faith work. I could better describe it like this. If the laws that apply to electricity were not an operation behind that wall or to its source, to the box, you could stick your plug inside that outlet all day long and your radio will never work. We've got a lot of Christians that are trying to plug in, but they're plugging into nothing. You know why? Prayer does not make faith work. Faith makes prayer work. Because the power is there, I can plug into it. So it's faith, then, that makes your prayer work. Do you see that? If not, I have to say it again. It is not prayer, you see, that makes faith work. It's faith that makes your prayers work. And if you don't understand the laws of faith, then you're at a disadvantage when it comes to standing against the devil for your own personal needs. All right. Now, Jesus... Also said, well, let's, let's go back. To, let's go to the book of James. I want to show you something here to, to further emphasize what I just said. 
Jesus was saying this to his disciples to instruct them or to teach them about prayer and faith. Those are two subjects. Now, you've got to hear me. Those are two subjects, prayer and faith. Faith is one subject by itself. There are laws that apply to faith. Prayer, there are different types of prayer. You can see that's another subject in itself. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. There are some things not seen. That's what faith is. But what is prayer? Prayer is joining forces with God for yourself or for others or against demonic forces. That's what prayer is. But what makes prayer work? Faith. So if you don't understand faith, you could have prayed for that fellow all you wanted, but no results. Were you using the right type of prayer? Someone says, are you trying to put God in some kind of a box? They're always praying to Jesus. And Jesus clearly taught in John 16, 23 and 24, In that day you shall ask me nothing. Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. But they're saying, dear Lord Jesus, don't pray to Jesus. Now, you see, I think we need to be, uh, just as Jesus was, specific in our prayer life. You need to follow the example that he taught us. Now, James over here says in the first verse, our first chapter, fourth verse. But let patience have her perfect word that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask, let him ask, let him ask. Prayer is asking God. Bring a petition before God to the Father. Ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. There's God's reply to a man that asks wisdom. He gives to all men liberally. Okay? And it shall be given him is the answer. But, now the but is very important. Circle that word but. But, but, prayer is asking the Father for something. In this case, prayer is asking for wisdom, how to get out of his tribulation or circumstances that's surrounding his life. In other words, how to change these things that's happening. These people were under persecution. Okay, look. But let him ask in what? In other words, let's put it this way. But let him pray in faith. Are you seeing it? Let him pray in faith. Okay? Let him pray in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, that's driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall what? You are going into his presence to receive from him. But if you pray and ask without faith, it don't work. You won't receive anything of the Lord. But if you go into his presence and pray or ask and bring your petition before him with faith, it shall be given him. Do you see the difference between the two? Prayer and faith. There is a difference between the two. Prayer, prayer and faith. Praying to God is asking Him, but faith is what we are to pray in. Pray in faith. Ask in faith. Okay. Now, let's look at another scripture. In uh, Hebrews 4. Let's lay a foundation here before we get into some more of this. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, and verse 16. Now here, remember, Philippians said, But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. When I go to pray to my Father, I am not going with a problem. I am going with a request. Let my request be made known unto God. In other words, I am coming into His presence with a formal request of something that He has that I, I'd like to have, or something that He's already granted me in the Word that I, maybe in a natural realm, I'm not enjoying the benefit of it. It might be healing in your body that right now, you know, the healing is not there. So you're going into His presence to make a formal request. Here's what He says in Hebrews 4, uh, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Let me read it to you from the Amplified. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Okay, now listen. Let us come boldly or fearlessly. Now, the word boldly or fearlessly 
means come with faith. Let us come boldly to the throne with faith. Fearlessly, without fear. Without fear, you're going with faith. So let us come to the throne of God with faith and present to the throne our petition or our request so we can find what? Some, like some preachers preach, sometimes the answer is no. Or maybe. But you see, that doesn't apply to the prayer of petition. The answer is not maybe or no when you go there. That scripture said, come and find grace to help in the time of your need. Is that what he said? Okay, so when I go to the throne of God, when I go to the throne of grace, and I go there in faith, if I don't have faith to go there, then I can't go there boldly. Now, let me show you what faith really is then. Faith is the assurance that what you're going to ask Him, He's already granted you. Faith is the assurance, having the assurance, that what I'm going to ask my Father for, He's already granted to me by His Word. I'm just going there to fulfill the laws that apply to prayer... Because he told me what to do. Even though he knows my need, even though he supplied my need, he still said to me to do what? Ask, and it shall be given. And so I'm just going to fulfill his word by knowing, number one, he's already provided my need met. Number two, I'm going there in faith because I know that when I get there, it's his desire to give it to me anyhow. That's how I can go there boldly. But I'm going there not as somebody who is unequipped and unprepared to go there like a lot of people do. If you had an audience with the President of the United States of America and you were going into the White House to sit before him at the round table and at that table you were going to bring to him your petition or your request or your desire and you didn't know one thought that he had concerning that subject, I'd say that you went there as a fool. If you knew right off the bat that he is totally 100% against what you're going there for, I kind of think that you'd go there a little bit more prepared. You may not even go there. But if you're going to go there, aren't you going to go there knowing exactly what he thinks about this petition that I have? We're going there with this petition. I know that you're in favor of it. I know what you say about it. And now we're coming and we're going to sit before you. And we have presented, we've prepared, we've made up a formal request to give to you so that when you get in there, you're not fumbling all over. You get it all typed out real nice. This is what we want, Mr. President. And we present this request to you and before you. Okay? Now, you're not going to the White House. And you are not going to the President of the United States. You are going to the counseling room of heaven. You are going to the throne of your Father. You're going to sit with Him at one side of the table. He's going to sit on the other side. Jesus is at His, at his right hand upon the throne. And you're going to go in there with what? I don't want to waste his time. Would you? Well, what are you going in there with? A lot of people come for prayer. Well, uh, what scripture are you standing on? Well, I just, uh, you know, just anyone. Is that what you're going to tell them? No, that's not what you're going to tell them. You are going to go into the throne of God. You're going to go well prepared, well equipped, and with his word and with his will. Now, when you know the will of God... And Colossians 1, 9 says, you ought to be filled with all the knowledge of His will. That produces faith. Let's take the area of healing. When I know it's His will I be healed, I can go boldly to that throne and ask Him to drive out that sickness out of my body. If I know it's His will to provide my need of $100, I can go boldly to that throne with His word and sit down and make up a petition, prepare that petition, write it out, type it out, be as neat as you want to be about it. And when I sit down in that prayer room, and I sit down at the throne with Him, and the Holy Ghost is my standby, my intercessor, my advocate, my lawyer. He's right there by my side, and Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. I could type it all out, and I take it to Him according to His Word, and I say, Now, Father, You said... And I'm going to show you what He said. You ready for what He said? Look at John 16, 23. This is what the Father said about your prayer request. John 16 and 23. 
I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified. I want you to circle out a word or write that word in your King James Bible if you're, if you're using a King James. You need to know what the Father said about prayer. If you don't know it, then you're going in there unequipped and unprepared. Here's what He said. Jesus said in verse 23, And when the time comes, you will ask Me of nothing. Uh, nothing of Me. You will need to ask Me no questions. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, that My Father, My Father will grant you. The word is grant. Write that by the King James. My Father will grant you whatever you ask in My name, presenting all, and it's capitalized, I am. John 16, 23. This is the Amplified Bible. Again, I say it. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, this is not me speaking, this is Jesus speaking. Most solemnly I tell you that my Father will grant you. You're not going to get your grant from the United States government if you don't go before the right authorities to get that grant granted to you, are you? And present to them a formal petition. I have just sent out in the mail a formal request to Dr. Henderson at Lincoln High School. And I said in that letter, I am speaking on the behalf of the youth at the Christian Assembly of Midland. And it is our desire to use the gym for basketball this year, as it was in the times past, as a part of our youth program. Dr. Henderson, I would appreciate it if you would consider us this year to use your gym, to use your facilities on such and such a date and hour and time, so on and so forth. I wrote, I had made up a, a written formal request, although I know they gave us the gym in the past two years, I also know beyond the shadow of a doubt, I've called Mr. Donnelly, Mr. Donnelly said to me, uh, it's open, it's available on Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30, there's no one else that has it, if you'll just send in a formal request, it will be granted you. But you know what? If I did not send in that formal request, Somebody else might have got it before me. Or if I never did, I could never have the use of that gym. Okay, now. A lot of people are just hoping that God's going to do something for them without writing out a written request, a formal request. And their prayer life is, is, is vague. They don't understand how prayer works. Again, I'm not talking about somebody else. I'm talking about for you. When you go to that throne, you find out that it's His will you have what you're asking for. You be assured in your heart that He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. You find every scripture in the Bible, if you can, that talks about God's desire to heal His people. And you look everyone up and you make sure by the authority of His word that it's inside your heart. You'll know that it's His will. Okay? You're preparing yourself to go into the throne room. You don't go there without that word. If you go there without that word, you might as well forget it. Because he says, my word won't come back void. Not your problem. Don't take your problem to the Lord. Take your request to the Lord. Okay? That's what he said. Anything you ask, listen, it will be granted you. Okay? Now, let's look at another scripture. That same one back in Mark 11:24. I'm going to read it. Well, let's before that, let's look at Matthew 21. Matthew 21 and verse 22. I'm going to read this again from the Amplified Bible to just what it says. Amplified what Jesus is saying here. And Jesus said in, in the King James, And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing. Circle the word believing. It does not say, listen to me. It does not say, And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, you shall receive. It does not say that. Does it say that? No. It says, And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing. Here's what, the, here's what the Amplified says. And whatsoever you ask for in prayer, having faith and really believing, you will receive. Notice that the prayer does not work without having faith. Are you seeing that? 
The prayer does not work without having faith. Well, how do I get faith? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word. You've got to know what God's Word says on the subject. And when you find out what God's Word is, you find out what His will is. And you don't have to ask if it be thy will because you know His will. And when you find out His will, it produces confidence in you because you know that He's willing to do it for you. Okay, now, you're ready. You're getting to the place that you're ready. But in Mark 11:24, He told you exactly what to believe. And let's look at that one again. Because this verse here says, All things whatsoever you ask for in prayer, believing something. But believing what? Believing what, Lord? Believing what, Lord? Well, if I just do what to believe, Lord, I'd do it. But believing what? Okay, here's what he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray. Now he's telling you to do something when you pray. When you pray, believe that you receive it. The Amplified Version says it this way. You are to be confident that it is granted you. Now, John 16, 23 said, Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, He will grant you. Matthew said, All things, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing or having faith, you will receive. Mark eleven twenty four said, What things, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe. He tells you what to believe now. Believe that when you prayed, it was granted you, and you shall have it. Believe that it was granted you, and you shall have it. Believe that that request was granted you, and you shall have it. Okay, that's exactly uh, what we are to do when we go to the, to the throne of God for our petition, to get our petition. That's the prayer of faith. That's the prayer of petition and supplication. Now, I'm going to give you another scripture before I close it up. Let's go to 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Again, did you notice the word was grant in Mark eleven twenty four in the Amplified Bible? You are to believe that the petition is granted you, and you shall have it. Believe that the petition is granted you, and you shall have it. Now, 1 John 5, 14. I'm going to read again from the Amplified Bible. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness which we have in Him. We are sure that if we ask anything or make any request according to His will. See, His will is His Word. And if He said it in His Word, then that's His will. And if my prayer request is in accordance to His will, then He would want to say, in agreement with His own plan, He listens and hears us. Alright, now that you're in there, He's listening and He's hearing you. Next verse. And if since we positively know that He listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us our present possessions, the requests made of Him. Are you seeing that now? Now, I know that if I went there with a request that was according to His will or in accordance to His will, I know and have the assurance that He hears me. If I know and have full assurance that He hears me, then I know that my request is granted unto me. And Mark 11, 24 says, If I believe that it's granted unto me, then I will have it. But I must first believe that it's granted to me in order to have it. Okay, now, let's just take a little bit of time to go over, let's say, like a, a formal request. He said in, in Isaiah 55, 11, My word shall not come back to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Right? That's what he said. Okay, now let's listen to this. You're going to go into the throne of God and you're going to take his word and your petition. You're going to write out a formal request. First thing you're going to have to do is find out exactly what your need is and exactly what the word says concerning your situation. If it's healing for your body, then here's what I suggest you do. You look up every scripture in the Bible that you could possibly find that shows and proves to you that God is your healer. 
and that He has provided healing for you. Now, your scriptures basically will be Matthew 8, 17, Himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. 1 Peter 2, 24, Who his own self bear my sins in his own body on the tree that I being dead to sin shall live in righteousness and with his stripes I am healed. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. Surely he had borne my sicknesses and he carried my pains, yet I did esteem him stricken, spent of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities, and the chastisement of my peace was upon him, and with his stripes I am healed. Christ hath redeemed me from the curse of sickness and disease. Being made a curse for me, it's written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon me through Jesus Christ, that I might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And if I be in Christ, then I'm Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise of divine healing. Okay? I've studied this out. I have prepared a petition, and it reads like this. Heavenly Father, I come to you and into your presence and into your throne by the authority of your word that says it shall not come back void, but your word shall accomplish that which you please and prosper under the thing whereunto you sent it or granted it. I come into your presence with this petition. You also said in Philippians 4, 6, Let my request, not my problem, but let my request be made known unto you, Father. And if I make my request known unto you, Father God, with thanksgiving, you said that I would have it or receive it. Because Jesus said in John 16, 23, that if I ask you anything in His name, it will be granted to me. And so, Father God, you see that little thing on my body right there? You see that little cyst on my body right there? See, we don't deny the reality of sickness and disease, beloved. Don't get hung up on this business. People have tried to make a doctrine out of confession. I've never taught it that way. You take the authority of God's Word and you use that Word above the fact of that physical thing that's on your body. Father, this is my request. You see that thing right there? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I ask you, Father, to remove that from my body. Okay? Is that in accordance to His will? You better believe it is. Because He said so. Okay? Now, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I've got this all written out and typed out. Now, Father, you said that if I asked, Jesus said, if I asked in His name, you would grant me that petition. Okay? But He didn't stop there. He said, if you would believe that you receive, or if you would believe that the petition is granted unto you, if you'd believe that, then you would have that petition. I can't walk out there without believing that it's granted to me. Well, how do I know it's granted? Well, Jesus said, the Father will grant it you. That's pretty good right there. But also, John said, if you make a request according to the will of God, that's His will, healing is His will, you should know that by now. If I make a request that's to the Father God that's in accordance to His will, then I know He heard me. If I know that He heard me, then I know that I have the petition or the request I desired of Him. Now, since I know that while I was in there, He heard me, and I know that He has answered me, and His answer was, the petition is granted unto you, at that point, here's what I do. I consider the request granted. I got a heavenly grant. I consider the case closed except to give thanks and praise unto my Heavenly Father that He's granted it to me. And I wouldn't think of insulting Him by saying, You didn't answer my prayer. I would never do that. Because He said He would. And said that if you believe that it's granted, you shall have it. And so from the time I walk out of that throne room and believe that it was granted unto me, you know what I do? There's where your prayer of thanksgiving comes in. Then you lift up your hands and say, Father, I thank you that you have granted unto me my petition. Okay? Now, from that point on is when your confession is used to stand against the devil. Now, here's how faith works. You've prayed now, and you've prayed in faith. Now, just because that thing is still on your arm at the, that split second or that moment, doesn't mean that the petition wasn't granted you. When you wrote in that, well, I, I, I've already written to Dr. Henderson. And I know that that petition is granted unto us. Okay? I mean, if he changes his mind, it's another thing. 
But listen to me. God doesn't change His mind. He's not like us. He's not like human beings. He doesn't change His mind. When He says it's granted, it's granted to you. And just because I don't have the physical evidence right at this moment doesn't mean a thing in the world. I just begin to thank Him that my petition is granted. Thank you, Father God, that it's granted. Thank you, Father God, that it's granted. I praise you that I have my petition granted. And I begin to worship Him. Now get ready for the fight. See, there was no fight at that time. You don't fight with God. You're not struggling in prayer against Him. Now comes the devil and he's coming after your faith. You just became like a Martian. Your antenna went sky high up in the air. You stuck it way up there. And you know who saw all that in the spirit realm? Powers, principalities, the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. They saw your faith antenna shoot up in the air and they said... You, 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 and you. Go get that fella. Destroy his faith right now. Because that faith will produce your healing in your body unless you get off of it. And so when it comes to war against your mind, all you continue to do, and I'll have to finish this tonight, is worship the Father and thank Him that your petition was granted. Now let me, let me stop there and I'll finish it tonight because I'll give you a testimony to, to just open the window gates up a little bit more so you can see more clearly. On um, Friday... October the 1st, 1982, at 10.13 a.m. in the morning, I was standing behind that pulpit, um, meditating on what I'm teaching this morning. And as I began to teach, I was uh, getting pretty disgusted with symptoms that the devil was trying to put on my body. Sometimes, you know, you put up with that little maniac for a while. You know what I'm saying? And uh, symptoms of strep throat was coming on me bad. Like a drainage or something like that. Just causing my throat to close. And so I said, Father God, I'm a doer of your word. I'm not a hearer only. Getting to a place where I almost couldn't talk. So I said, it's 10.13 in the morning on October the 1st, 1982. And I'm going to come to you and I have it written out. And I'm going to bring to you my petition. This is my petition. I come to you by the authority of Matthew 8, 17 that says... You took my infirmities by my sicknesses. I come to you by the authority of your word that says himself, Jesus, bore my sins on his own body on the tree, that I be, he being the sinners of the righteous, and with his stripes I am healed. It's your will, Father God, that I walk in divine health. Now, by the authority of your word that says, if I ask you anything in the name of Jesus, you will grant it me. I'm asking you to remove the germ, and I'm asking you to remove the signs and the symptoms of this ungodly thing from my body. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. I believe I received my request granted. I thank you for it, and I magnify you for it now, Father, in Jesus' name. Well, the first thing the devil said to me was, uh, you're not going to be able to preach Sunday. As soon as you walk away from that throne, you've got to put up with this maniac. He tries to nitpick on you and try to get you out of your faith. Now is where Paul is talking about standing. You've got, you're sitting with the Father. You're walking in love. Now stand against the dummy. Stand against him. Don't walk away from that glorious presence of your Father and say, well, I guess the dummy's right and Father was wrong. I mean, that's what most people do. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to be able to preach Sunday. I said, I don't care what you say at 10, 13 a.m. in the morning. Glory be to God. I sent the word back to my heavenly Father, and the word will not come back void. And I declare that my request was granted, and I'll preach with a loud voice, and I'll preach with a strong voice, and I don't care what you say about it, devil. Hallelujah. Did I get loud enough yet? Sometimes you've got to act out your faith. You do. All the time you've got to act out your faith. So ha ha on the devil and glory be to God. Amen. Amen. It works. Now remember something. That wasn't for your neighbor. That was for this fellow right here. Don't use the prayer petition for somebody else without using the proper channels. Someone says, well, I prayed that same prayer for John down the street and it didn't work. I know it didn't work because you prayed the wrong prayer. You should have been in intercession for John down the street. And the Spirit of God would have spoke to you and said, Bind that spirit of fear in Jesus' mind. And then you'd have bound that spirit of fear and he'd have been delivered. But you try to receive it for him and you can't receive it for somebody else. I can't receive Jesus for you. I've got to receive Jesus for me, for my Savior. I can't receive him for you. But I can receive for you and pray that you be delivered from that spirit that's binding you. Let's all stand. If we don't stand now, I'll be here tomorrow morning. 
Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.